0: Harden going to sign their extension. His trade value is not there. And when you hear reports... He'll have been paid $16 million of his $33 million salary. I know about people that have certain clauses what in their What happens contract. next
1: year with Giannis Antetokounmpo? He will be eligible
0: for a Superbacks next summer. If he re-signs a new reality, the players are going to vote. Are, are, are not going to want to spend their whole brain you know, a life. And because they didn't want to go into the penalty of the luxury tax, they traded James Harden. Somebody's going to be making $50 he million. Dollars to find a year. Home. He probably could have made a
1: little bit more money this summer in free I agency. I think he could have got a lot more in the offseason. You got a chance to secure the bag. You, got a CGA, you man. No question. What's going on, party people? I am your host, Stephen Bagel, and this is Sports Ethos' very own The Bird Rights Podcast. With me today, we have a familiar face and a familiar guest. We have Keith Cork of the Sports Ethos Bulls Coverage Podcast. And yeah, this is my eighth segment of, you know, team previews, off-season reviews. And obviously, Keith's with us here today to talk about one of the, I don't want to say drama-filled, but you know, a, a team with a lot of question marks, especially recently. So, Keith, mm-hmm. how are you doing today?
0: I am doing well, man. I am, uh, well, I was doing better up until about a week ago, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, as I said, Keith's on to talk about the Bulls today. And let, let's just quickly get into the salary cap situation. I, I want to bring up the cap situation just because, again, the Bulls aren't really a team. I mean, you'd think they're in Chicago, they're in a bigger market. They haven't paid the tax in quite some time. So, right now, if you look at their tax situation, the luxury tax is a threshold is $150.3 The Bulls have a full 15-man roster and $148.6 in committed money. Mm-hmm. So, they're about you know a minimum contract away from being over that. That's fine for now. They filled their whole 15-man roster, but... The issue comes in with trades because the Bulls aren't um, a tax team. They could, you know, theoretically trade and match salary up to 175%. However, if it were to put them in the tax, it would be 125%. But quite frankly, I don't even think the Bulls will be willing to do that. I think they're a little bit hamstrung here. I don't think they want to go past that $1.7 million extra threshold, especially with Zach Levine's new extension kicking in, which we'll talk about. Because of the fact that, you know, he's making 37 this year, then it jumps to 40. DeRozan jumps by one and a half sure Vucevic may come off the books. Maybe they extend him. We don't know yet. But the Bulls don't want to be in the repeater tax if they don't have to be. So I, I can't envision any scenario where they go over the tax by season's end. Do you is that a safe assumption?
0: I think that's uh, more than a safe assumption. Yeah. You know, it's been a sticking point with Bulls fans for a while that you know the that Jerry Reinsdorf just won't open the pocketbook and, and spend to the tax, and that's just been the case. Uh, As you said, for a long time. So not only that, but, you know, this isn't really a title contender, which I know we'll get into at some point. But uh, I think, you know, the biggest the biggest goal over the last couple of seasons for the Bulls has been to retain Zach Levine. And as you mentioned, they signed him to that down the line to that extension. So um, that's going to kick in. I I think this team's going to look drastically different here in about a season or two. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's something where they, they feel like they're in a position where, you know, if we spend a little bit more into the tax, we're going to make our, you know, drastically increase our odds to win a championship or something like that. So there's there's really no reason to do that. But, um, you know, it was kind of a test this this offseason because we thought maybe they had a chance as some people like Mo Bamba or as a, a Hartenstein, you know, some names that were out there that. We're kind of connected to the Bulls and would have filled the hole for the Bulls that they would have probably had to pay into the tax to get them. Uh, and they just didn't do it. So I think, you know, after seeing that happen, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any way that the Bulls spent to the tax.
1: So there was some discourse on Bulls Twitter that I've seen. Right when they saw Andre Drummond to, what was it, two for six and a half with the player option in year two? So 3.2 guaranteed, and then he has a player option next year for 3.4 about. The discourse with it was the fact that they used the biannual exception to bring in Tristan Thompson last year. And had they not done that, they could have used the biannual exception to sign Drummond. then they would have had the full mid-level exception to spend on somebody. And who Mm -hmm. knows, if the right guy was willing to play in Chicago for the mid-level exception, maybe they would have went over the tax. (laughs) But... I I don't know. I just, again, I don't really see the Bulls being competitive enough. They deal what they had to do to keep Zach Levine, but I don't think there's any scenario. Unless, like, you know, a Bradley Beal presents himself or Shea Gilgis Alexander, I'm just thinking guys that could, you know, stars that could potentially be traded, Um, which I don't think either of those guys will be anytime soon, but especially Beal has no trade clause now. Um, But, yeah, so there was some mismanagement, I feel, and it reminds me a little bit of when... I was on when you were moving and I was on with Trey, and we talked about, you know, the arenas role with Iodasunmu, they kind of hamstrung on themselves and couldn't give them a third year because they gave it to Samanovich instead. Right. So the front office has done some really good things.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh trading the pick that became Franz Wagner for Vucevic and another first-round pick aside. There definitely has been some mismanagement. So again. I'm not trying to tear down the Bulls. I, I'm nothing like that. But yeah, how do you think? I know AK, he was with the Sixers, so I'm familiar with him. How comfortable are you with the moves they've made? Just small things like that that, like, again, not an average NBA fan or even average Bulls fan will notice, but I think a guy like me, who's more familiar with the front office aspect, is like, why would you give Tristan Thompson the biannual exception when, you know, you could have saved it and yeah, I mean, I know backup center was a need last year, so maybe they were mm-hmm. that desperate to get a backup center and try to win the playoff series.
0: I mean, I can't, I can't be angry. So you know, when you're a Bulls fan and you've been following this team for a long time, I can't be angry at the front office right now because <clears throat> the feeling, you know, in the last couple seasons has been so drastically different uh, compared to the Garpacks years, the you know, the years before where it just seemed like you know, it wasn't even like like financial mismanagement. It seems like they were always like on top of their financial. Uh, he had all the financial ducks in the row, but when it was Garpax, it felt like, you know, they didn't have the respect or the ear of anyone else around the league. You know, there's really no uh, trade talks happening. There's really no free agents signing here. Um, so it, it was you know a situation where it just like felt stale. The Garpax, you know, had been basically there for a decade or more you know and it just was time to time to change the you know change it up and so you know we got AK in and it felt like fresh and new and and of course the big Mooch trade and then uh setting DeMar DeRozan um you know these are all good moves obviously I think that they have they're still in Chicago's good graces uh I don't think you know I don't think anyone's really too upset about it except for people that really pay attention to this stuff but yeah I have the same questions you do Uh, Stephen and I just don't I don't really get some of the moves they've made uh, regarding that like it's just you know, even if you don't think you're a championship contender and you're not even really interested in in spending into the luxury tax then, you know, you still want to have that flexibility like you said in case you have a big name free agent or a big name guy say hey I want to go to Chicago, Uh, now if that happens you know we don't have that flexibility to as much flexibility to make that happen, could they make it happen sure. Um, but they've taken away some of the tools to do that. So um, it is a big question mark for me. Um, you know, how confident am I in the front office? Like, you know, like I said, I, I'm used to Garpacks, so uh, it's higher than than it was, you know, previously. But I do still have some questions for sure.
1: So again, this is probably the Sixers fan coming out of me, and I'm not trying to get off topic, but AK mm-hmm. does remind me a lot. You could tell that he worked under Elden Brand. Eldon Brand, before we brought in Daryl Morey, He really swung for the fences. He brought in Jimmy Butler and traded for him. He brought in Tobias Harris a few months later to really, you know, try to go forward and push all his chips into win a championship. And then, you know, Jimmy Butler walked. He signed and traded him, got Josh Richardson, who was a pretty good player at the time. Josh Richardson hasn't been that player since. And then, you know, signed Al Horford. Like, he really went for it before they brought in Daryl Morey. Mm -hmm. So... AK, you know, he's not afraid to take a swing. He traded two first-round picks with Vucevic when he made the All-Star team that year. He signed and traded for DeRozan. He was able to retain Levine. So, you know, not, not trying to compare people, and I'm sure I'll have your buddy Trey to either talk about GM rankings or coach rankings, and maybe that's an opportunity for us to bring that up. But I, I'm just prefacing it to say, you know, AK, you could definitely tell comes from the Alden and green tree.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's what excites people in Chicago is just those big swings, you know. Um, and I think, they're, I think he's doing everything that, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf wants him to do in the fact that, you know, they want to be a competitive team. It's not even necessarily that they want to be a championship contender because I don't think anyone that, you know, that knows basketball thinks that the bulls are uh, this year. I mean, you know, as a Homer, as a Chicago bulls guy, I always hope that that's going to be the case, but uh, you know, best case scenario, I do think they have a higher ceiling than most people think, but um, I really don't think that's realistic. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, the big goal here is is just to be a a perennial playoff team, be a destination for free agents and stuff like that. So um, I tip my cat to take K for getting that done. I think he's gotten that done a lot better than the previous regime did.
1: Yeah, and Chicago kind of has a Philadelphia syndrome that oh yeah, they're a big market, but they really can't attract like that big free agent cuz they're not LA or New mm-hmm. York, which or Brooklyn, New York obviously has issues of their own doing that, but um anyway. So they they retain Zach Levine, 5 years, mm-hmm. 215 million dollars, and you know, big swings they're okay. Keeping Zach Levine I'm okay with. The only way to really get star power in today's NBA is either draft for, draft it for, or trade for a guy under contract for multiple years. I mean, uh, again, unless you're one of those huge markets, odds are a big-name free agent or develop really well. If you could develop a guy who signs with you, then sure, and he turns into a Donovan Mitchell. I know they drafted him, but... I'm saying if you're really good developing, like Toronto game, Pascal Siakam, I know bad example because they drafted him as well. But same idea. If you're good at player development, you draft well and you're able to trade for big names, that's really the only way you're gonna be able to be competitive in mm. today's NBA if you're not in like again in LA, New York, Brooklyn, etc. Mm. So Zach Levine, I'm okay with five for two five for two fifteen. He is a player option twenty-five-26. Then they re-signed Derrick Jones Jr. and Drummond both to two years, $6.6 million with player options next year, and go on project to a minimum. Mm-hmm. So just overall, what and then again, I'll throw in they drafted Dalen Terry. Mm-hmm. So overall, what, what do you think of the offseason? I mean, obviously the priority had to be signing Levine. So once mm-hmm. that happens, given the fact that, you know, they weren't really willing to go into the tax, they got an adequate backup for Vucevic and a guy who Sure, maybe he won't play many minutes in the playoffs because he's shown that he's really struggled, especially defensively in the playoffs. But, I mean, you you he's going to eat minutes for yeah. the Bulls, which they didn't really have last year. And I'm talking about Andre Drummond, obviously. So, I mean, just what's the overall sentiment of Bulls fans, how they did this offseason?
0: I think overall, you know, Bulls fans are pretty underwhelmed by the offseason. Um, you know, I think that's just my general feeling from other Bulls fans. I think, you know, people kind of looked at it and said, you know, they're hoping after a year where they uh, they traded for Vucevic and then next year getting to De Rosen, um, you know, they're hoping for maybe a bigger splash. And it's just, you know, based on the, on the Bulls' salary cap situation and their, again, uh, insistence on not spending into the, cap, into the luxury tax, it just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, me as a realistic Bulls fan, someone that's followed the sport and followed, you know, the Bulls for, for many years, um, it didn't surprise me. Um, I think the big, as you said, the big goal this offseason was to re-sign Zach Levine, uh, to extend him, and they did that. They got that done. So, you know, there there's your C. If you're going to give this a grade, there's your C right there. And then adding Drummond and, and Dragic, I think, you know, some veteran guys, but I think, uh, you know, you say Drummond's going to eat minutes. I think Dragic the same thing. I think, you know, he's not really going to be uh, – Significantly above the mean, he's not going to be a great guy to play in the playoffs. He's not going to be a starter that plays thirty minutes, but he's going to be a guy that allows you to bring Lonzo Ball back slowly, hopefully from his knee injury. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that is going to be better at that point guard than than I would assume, uh on most nights. I feel like so. Um, I feel like they brought in some pieces that, that you know fit that are okay. So I give him like a C plus. Honestly, I think it's a you know maybe a little bit above average, a little bit more than I expected. But um, I did definitely want, I guess. I hate to say better a better backup big because I think Drummond um, he's grown on me. I know you know we we had a little back and forth on Twitter, Stephen, about uh, about Andrew Drummond. He's not a guy that really excites me too much, but. He does bring an aspect and a dimension to the to the basketball game that the Bulls are sorely lacking. The last Bulls were
1: there. horrible rebounding yeah. team last
0: year. Rebounding was just terrible, and that's one thing that he does obviously extremely well. I know he's been saying this offseason he, he's going to go down as the best rebounder in the history of the of the sport. Which I don't know if that's true, but he's definitely definitely up there. He's definitely one of the top guys. So Dennis Robin begs um, to differ. I know yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's quite a few people I think I'd put up a, put a ahead of him, but he is he is very good at that aspect of basketball. It's it's his offensive touch that really. Um, I'm not too excited about because just, his touch around the rim is one worst for big men uh obviously he's, he doesn't have the ability to shoot so I think you know on offense he's kind of a liability but uh the defensive side rebounding I think he's absolutely solid so um he's a good backup he's he's not bad uh and again Dragic you know uh steps slow now just a little bit older but um experienced um can help these guys like Dasumu and Dale and Terry you know they uh, just get better and, and, and you know Every single day that he helped them get better in practice, and just letting them know, you know, uh, helping them to to navigate the NBA life and all that. So I, I don't mind it. I think it's I think it was a pretty uh, pretty good offseason. Um, not necessarily a bad one. Um, was it? You know, exciting? It wasn't. I was hoping personally to get like like a mobile mower Hartstein uh, as a backup, but that again would have I think required the Bulls to spend it as tax, and they just weren't going to do it.
1: And, I mean, it's tough to have two monster off-seasons in a row. I mean, last year, the Bulls signed Lonzo Ball, they signed and traded for DeRozan, and they got Ox on the MLA. So yeah. I think the fact that this year they were just, you know, able to retain the franchise guy, who, though, I don't ever really believe Zach Levine was going to leave just because there really wasn't the suitors. One, there wasn't the suitors that really could pay up to get him. And two, with his knee concerns, he's going to lock up all the money that he could get. And then if he wants to request out, he could always request out later. So that was my idea thing. So I think the fact that they had a monster off season two years ago kind of bought them a pass this summer. And, you know, they retained their franchise guy, and that's important. So you mentioned the Lonzo Ball injury. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I know you and Trey spoke on the last episode. <laughs> from 1 to 10, how concerned are you about Lonzo Ball's injury? <laughs> so tell our listeners, what's your level of concern right now?
0: Yeah, so uh, I think on the show we said we were between – I think I, I was a little bit lower than Trey. I think it, Trey said he was an 8.5. and I said I was like, I was like an 8. Uh, I said I was somewhere between 8 and 9, I believe. But I, I've got to dial it up to 9 now because um, on media day, he said uh, he wasn't even running or jumping, which is just um, – it's just really concerning, especially for a guy that's had multiple you know knee surgeries um, and, and now he's having a debridement on his knee again. And it's just – you have to wonder if this guy's going to play uh, this season. I know Billy Donovan said something. He he was asked a kind of leading question about, you know, Hey, are you planning game planning for the season without Lonzo ball? And he said, you kind of have to, um, which I think was just kind of a diplomatic answer in his, in his way. You know, he was just kind of saying, you know, we have to kind of take all of it, all you know, possibilities into, into, you know, into the, the formula we're making our game plan for the season. But uh, but it is concerning. You know, it, it is very, absolutely concerning. I don't – like I said, don't know if he suits up for the Bulls this season even. Uh, but if he does, you know, it's going to be probably later uh, in the season. And, you know, hopefully he gets 30, 40 games in. Um, and, and, yeah, it's just – Lonzo, I, I know we've talked about this a lot on Ethos Bulls, but Lonzo is the key to the engine when it comes to the Bulls offense. You know, the Bulls IT like out in transition, they've got DeMar DeRozan, they've got Zach Levine. Um, you know, they've got Vooch who necessarily isn't gonna run the floor and, and dunk on somebody, but he's gonna run the floor and you know be at that trailer that's gonna hit a three-point shot or, or a mid-range jumper. And so that's where the Bulls really thrived last season. They were, you know, first in a lot of the metrics as far as offensive efficiency in the transition. And that's just just not going to happen with that the ball. It's just not. Um, I do think there are pieces though that the Bulls, you know, added uh, this offseason. season. Uh, I think Dylan Terry specifically uh, is a guy that could blossom into more of a uh, a guard role. Honestly, I think he's more of like you know he's not Scotty Barnes, but he does have that. That ability to see the floor, um, he does have that playmaking ability for others. You know, he's like he can be that guy that's that's Alonzo Ball type, where he's m- more so making plays for others than making plays for himself. So, um, so I like that. I actually like that draft, and I should have seen. You know, if we were go go back and try to lead, read the tea leaves, I think at that point, you know, I did hear somebody say, "Well, that." tips off to me that they might be a little more concerned about Lonzo ball than they're letting on. And I kind of, you know, as a, as a fan, I just kind of shrugged off and said, ah, no, nah, there's no way, you know, but now looking back, you know, it does seem that that might've been kind of them hedging their bets and saying, Hey, maybe Lonzo's not going to be back this season or maybe he's not going to be healthy to start the season at least. So um, let's get this guy and see if maybe we can start, you know, developing him to be more of a Lonzo ball type.
1: I think I might be out of ten. I <laughs> yeah. mean, when this guy got knee surgery, what, eight months ago now? And mm-hmm. he's saying he can't run, jump, can't walk up steps. I mean, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. really don't know. Uh, Lonzo's a great player. Again, even if he wasn't a great player, I mean, you never want to see anybody go through that. that that's the guy's living, um, playing <laughs> basketball. So, I don't know. If I was a Bulls, Bo- and even not as a Bulls fan, I think I'm at a 10 when my mm-hmm. like, like i was at a 10 with joe harris when they said oh yeah his ankle surgery didn't really work we need to do it again that's kind of kind of where, okay well lonzo needs another surgery now cuz he can't run jump or climb steps 8 months after the best doctors in the world are performing surgery on him it makes me think there's like a again this isn't me diagnosing i'm a doctor of law not a doctor doctor but you know what i mean i yeah i feel like there might be something chronic that clearly hasn't been figured out yet because I don't even think Lonzo knows what's really wrong with him.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I mean, yeah, you think about like, you know, I think about like Brandon Roy's of the world, Greg Odin's of the world, you know, um, and hopefully that's not a case where it's like, you know, this guy doesn't suit up again in the NBA for the rest of his life. I, that, that would be a 10 to me. Um, I'm not there yet. I think that there's a very strong possibility he doesn't play this season. So that's why, you know, I guess you can say I'm a nine and a half. I'll dial it up to a nine and a half, but I'm not quite out of ten yet.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm also the guy who said Ben Simmons is never going to play again, and he looks like he's going to be completely fine. So that's, yeah. a, that's a whole other thing. That's not a chronic injury thing. That's right. <laughs> just him being prepared to play again. So last time I had you on, it was midseason, and we talked about the Bulls. And back then, it was right before the trade deadline, we were assessing Kobe White's trade value. And we said, we can't imagine him getting traded by the deadline because of the fact that his trade value is lower than it's ever been. So now, I mean, has he rehabilitated that trade value at all? Or do you think he's, he's going to be a restricted free agent? So I, I guess theoretically you don't have to trade him by the deadline because you can always sign and trade him, assuming you don't want to re-sign him. But, I mean, the clock's ticking on, okay, is he going to re- rehabilitate trade value or not? And maybe Lonzo being out is an opportunity for him to be that Lou Williams type that we discussed, coming off the bench, microwave score type guy. Maybe that's the best situation. Mm -hmm. and I think
0: uh yeah I think signing Goran Dragic you know helps him in that sense because again I think you know Goran's a better point guard than than Kobe White is for sure um and I think that's his ideal I think that's his ideal role right now is just to be that guy that comes in and and shoots and um you know tries his best on on the defensive end and just gives you know some hustle plays I you know there's a lot of guys like that in the NBA you know that I just think I would rather have him. You, know, you look at like a bleak Monk or or uh, uh, I'll look at like a Camp Thomas or something like that. Like there's so many guys in the NBA right now that I would rather have uh, than Kobe White. So I don't think the Bulls are – if the Bulls – let me say this. If the Bulls pull off a trade and get a second-round pick or something like that, something of value, right, for Kobe White, I that would be a coup. For me, there's no like because I just don't think. I think other teams around the league are just looking at the situation, and saying, you know, we're gonna dare the Bulls to resign this guy because the Bulls don't want him. I mean, there's there's really no spot in the roster form right now. I don't know, and I'm I'm excited to go through these minute projections projections with you because I don't know if he even has a spot in the rotation right now uh, on a nightly basis. Now, now that Lonzo Ball's out, he probably is going to get some minutes here and there. Um, but I think you know if Lonzo Ball is healthy, I don't think I don't think this guy even sniffs the floor.
1: Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, you really can't rehabilitate trade value if you're not playing. So, <laughs> again, the Bulls aren't really in a position to showcase him because, you know, they're making all these moves signaling they're trying to win now. So, they're not going to play a guy just to showcase him. But again, with Lonzo Ball out, maybe we'll see. So, let's get into some potential trade targets. Mm-hmm. So the Bulls, as I said, they're kind of strong because I don't think they're going to go into the tax. So they could only—let's say the only real trade ship I found for them would be Kobe White, really. I don't mm. really see anybody else unless, like, a monster deal presented itself being moved. Maybe Derek Jones Jr., when he's eligible, a guy like that. Maybe they could package him in white to get, like, a $15 million type guy, potentially. But, I mean, even then— 15000000 million, they'd be going into the tax. So let's say, I don't know, 11 million, million. Let's say they could get like a Jay Crowder type, just theoretically. Mm-hmm. So I made a list of guys that basically would fit within that range. And Keith, you've done this with me before. I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of guys and that are in that price range of the Kobe White plus Derrick Jones or just Kobe White or just guys within that price range.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my first guy is Jetty Osman, which I can't imagine Cleveland doing that because they need wings themselves desperately. But I have Jetty Osman. I have Jeff Green and Ish Smith for Kobe White. And then I have some Detroit guys, Alec Burks, Hamidu Diallo, and Corey Joseph. I think if you get any of the three Detroit guys, it'd be a home run.
0: Yeah, I would love Hamidu Diallo. I've been a fan of his for a while now. Um, Just love his energy. I think he brings some some things that the Bulls would really like, especially on the defensive end. But... Uh, none of those guys really excite me. I mean, I just don't – I don't think, you know, if they could pull that off for Kobe White, yeah, I, I think I'd be for it just because those guys will bring some value. They, they, all those guys you mentioned are, are above, above Kobe White in my mind as far as, like, what value they'll bring to this team specifically. Um, but I just don't – I don't see it happening. I don't see the other teams being interested in them. But, uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I think Camu Diallo is probably the guy of, of those guys you mentioned that, that probably excites me the most. Any of those Detroit guys, like you said, would be good for for us.
1: Okay. So the next list of guys, I have David Nwamba and Sterling Brown of the Rockets. I know we've talked about Nwamba before previously. I know you liked his fill with the Bulls previously. He's similar to Javante Green, in my opinion. So again, not yeah. not a bad thing to have two of those guys, a guy you could play the wing, but so I have both of them. Luke Kennard, which would probably put you in the tax, even if you do Kobe White and Derek Jones, but Hey, maybe an elite shooter, maybe it would be worth it. Or maybe there's a subsequent move to be made to get off Tony Bradley to get back under the tax, something like, or include Tony Bradley in the trade, something like that in a three-teamer. And then here's one of my favorite targets: TJ McConnell.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Pretty and one of the better backup point guards in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do like that.
0: I do like that. And, and you know, that's, that's the Pacers, and, you know, what are they looking for? They're looking for draft capital, they're looking for young. Uh, project. So, you know, they might be interested in Kobe White. That might be like one of the two teams. I in the think league.
1: they definitely, <laughs>
0: <interesting>. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that would be interested in, in a Kobe White type. So uh, that'd be great. I would love to have McConnell. I think, you know, um, very, very, you know, talented, uh, smart basketball player, uh, a little bit on the, I think he's like 31. So he's a little bit on the other side, but, um, but he's proven, you know, he, he can steal the ball, assist the ball. Um, I don't believe he's a fantastic shooter, which is, I think it's one thing the yeah, the ones, that's one thing the Bulls have to really address is, is their three-point shooting because um, even though they shot at a high clip last season, as everyone knows, um, they didn't shoot a whole lot of them. So I think they're going to make a concerted effort to shoot more threes, which is really surprising because one of the things that came out at Media Day that from Vooch was that he said he's going to shoot less threes. Um, so that was a little interesting to me. Maybe that just means Patrick Williams is going to shoot more. I don't know. Which is why uh, I
1: put Luke Kennard on this list.
0: Yeah, Luke Kennard, that's the one guy yeah, that you said that really stuck out to me. Um, I would love to have a guy like that. You know, the Bulls. If people look at the Bulls and say, "Wow, they have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guards. You know, they have a lot of uh, backcourt guys." So I don't know why they added Dylan Terry. But I mean, if you really dig down, I mean, these backcourt guys, I think a lot of them are redundant. Like it's just they need they need a guy that's an elite shooter like that on the so wing, I think especially. Yeah, and he's a little bit bigger too. So.
1: Okay, so here's my next set of guys: Kendrick Nunn, who's from Chicago, Danny Green. Who probably want to contribute to the playoffs really? He tore his on that Miami series for Philly. Grayson Allen and George Hill from Milwaukee. And Torian Prince.
0: I like a lot of those guys. I like Prince and uh and uh oh gosh, who was the other guy you, you mentioned that was a, a good perimeter defender? Uh um, Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green, yeah. Danny Green. I like those guys a lot. Um, and who was the first guy you mentioned again? Kendrick Nunn. I do like him. Uh, obviously, a little concerned about him being out all last season. I think he's probably not going anywhere for a while. But, uh, but yeah, I think Danny Green and Torian Prince, those guys, I think would be the top of those uh, guys there because they bring a defensive element that's going to be missing without Lonzo Ball. Because our perimeter defense is just going to be trash uh, if we put Kobe White out there, if we put Gordon Dragic out there. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm for Torian Prince and, and, uh, and Danny Green.
1: I like Torian. Side note, I like Torian Prince's fit in Minnesota. I like. Kobe White's been in Minnesota a lot. Actually, they don't really have they have Jordan McLaughlin, but they don't really have like established backup ball handler. And you know he he could do similar things to what D'Angelo Russell does when D'Angelo Russell's not on the court. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But <laughs> okay, the next list of guys I have is Devonte Graham. Then here's my second favorite target. I know Trey would be all about this because we've discussed him before. Cam Reddish, <laughs> and then. Mohawkless, let's just say he's probably going to be bought out. He just got traded to OKC, but bigger wing type guy could. Again, you don't have a roster spot right now, but a guy like that.
0: I mean, you could always cut Tony Bradley if you need a roster spot. So let's just be real. I mean, Tony Bradley's not going to get any minutes on this team. I like Mohawkless. I do. Um, But I think, you know, and let let me say, Cam Bredish is like on the Twitter. NBA Twitter, like Hall of Fame at this point, like he's got to be like you know Mount Rushmore of best players on NBA Twitter. Like Cam Reddish is like the first guy I put up there because people are just so on his game, and like they just, you just when when people are fans of him, they just totally neglect to look at his. The defensive side of the basketball, which um, he has a lot of lapses, which is why he's not playing. Under, he,
1: which was supposed to be his calling card initially. Right.
0: And so I don't, I'm just not, you know, I think he's a good reclamation project for, you know, if the Pacers or something want to go get him. Um I just don't see the Bulls going to get that guy. But uh, Devontae Graham actually might have been the, my favorite of those guys, uh, to tell you the truth. And I'm not even a big Devontae Grant fan, but um, just his ability to be off ball and shoot the three, again, mm-hmm. just something the Bulls desperately need, especially with Alan's Ball, who shot, I think, eight of them, nearly eight of them last season per game. And, uh, you know, again, we didn't shoot a whole lot of threes, so something crazy like 25% of our threes when he played the game. And uh, we just need a guy to fill that spot.
1: Yeah, and again, he fits if you did a – Kobe Whiting, Derrick Jones Jr. for Devontae Graham, he fits. And without you guys going to the tax, you'd be 700000 under. So, and you clear a roster spot. So, again, you probably have to wait to to the trade deadline to make sure you stay under the tax. But yeah, a guy like him, I just don't know if the Bulls will be willing to take the guaranteed money beyond this year.
0: But think, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, I was talking about this on the last spot I was on uh, uh, with Alex uh, of, uh, Roto baller, but it's a good point because I think, you know, you've got Vooch is an expiring contract. You've got uh, DeMar DeRozan's got one more year beyond this year. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of money that could potentially be coming off the books or or be traded. You know, the Bulls are kind of in a spot where they have some good flexibility where if the season doesn't start great, I think they could probably easily blow this thing up and and do a quick rebuild if they wanted to. So, um, you know, I don't think that, I think it's a good point that you make that, you know, when you're talking about, trades, if they're taking on guaranteed money beyond this year, they might be hesitant about that because that does um, take away some of that flexibility.
1: So then I'm looking at guys like Terrence Ross is you know, an unrestricted region after this year, and at this point Orlando has to trade him. He's been on the trade yeah. block for two years now, <laughs> and I think Orlando's holding out for a first, but they kind of set the precedent and shot themselves in the foot by trading expiring Evan Fournier for two seconds, who is a yeah. better player than Terrence Ross is now. Right. So <laughs> Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, same thing, they're teammates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then again, I mentioned like a Ken Rich Williams type from OKC. They did just extend him. So I don't know how badly OKC is going to move off of him and he'd be poison-pilled. Um, and then let's talk about Matisse Thybul. There was speculation when mm. Matisse was on the trade block this summer that the Bulls and the Nuggets were the two teams really interested in him. Now, I could see the Sixers doing something along something along the lines of like Matisse and Shake Milden for Kobe White. But the Sixers need winged death almost just as badly as the Bulls do. So, for that reason alone, I don't think they would do it.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think the Bulls would be absolutely extended. Yeah. You're saying say perimeter
1: defense. You're getting, yeah. <laughs> me, two time all defense playing 18, 20 minutes a game defender. So,
0: I'm, I'm very into bringing him, in, bringing over Matisse Lyable if we can make that happen. But as you said, I just don't, don't think we have the pieces that the Sixers would want in that exchange, unfortunately. So
1: then my last group of guys, Jay Crowder, obviously, you know, he's requests out of Phoenix, and mm-hmm. they mutually agreed to trade him. Tori Craig and Dario Saric. So three guys in the same price range off of Phoenix, all forwards as a cluster there. Then we have Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, and then Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gay. And then that's my full list.
0: Um, I I have to say, of all those guys, probably Jay Crowder is my guy because, you know, I mean, I think he's available. I think, you know, it's obviously out there that the Suns, you know, want to move him. Uh, He's not going to be attending training camp now. Uh, And he's not afraid to shoot the basketball. And he's a very decent wing defender. So um, I think there's a lot of things to like about, you know, bringing Jay Crowder in if we can make that happen. Um, You know, if if it's going to be Kobe White and Derek Jones Jr. and that's all we have to give up for him, uh, then, yeah, I think that's absolutely a win for the Bulls.
1: Yeah, but the issue with Crowder is that he kind of wants out of Phoenix because he's not going to be starting. I don't see him starting in Chicago either. So that's the one. Like, yeah. the speculation that Dallas wants him and that Memphis – Memphis, he'll start as long as Jaron Jackson Jr. is out, and then maybe when Jaron Jackson comes back, they shift Steven Adams to the bench and play Triple J at the 5. Mm. But he's not going to start on Dallas. He's not going to start over like a Dorian Finney-Smith or Reggie Bullock. So – I, I didn't know
0: that was his issue. Yeah, I didn't know that was his issue, but it's that posh. is his issue. It was
1: that and the issue that they don't want to give him an extension.
0: Mm.
1: So the two things combined.
0: I can see the Bulls giving him an extension, but yeah, starting I don't see him. He's not starting over Patrick Williams. Yeah, most exactly. Likely, so yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: So uh, I do like Toy Craig and Justice Winslow for them, just because they could both kind of they're both athletes that could play the small ball five. If Drummond kind of you know you play a few playoff games, and Drummond is a disaster. Mm. And then Josh Richardson, eh, he's okay. He's an expiring, so if you want to do Kobe White and Derek Jones Jr. for him, sure. Um, Jordan Clarkson, I like. If Mm -hmm. you are able to do Kobe White, Derek Jones Jr., and Tony Bradley, I think that works to keep you under the tax. And you just have to, the Jazz might do it just to get off Clarkson's money next year. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming they they traded Bergen Bogdanovich not getting a pickback, so maybe they do the same with Clarkson.
0: Well, I said, you know, I said there's like two teams I think that, are, that have interest in Colby White. And that's another, you know, a reclamation project for the Jazz right now makes a whole lot of sense. So, um, so if they're going to take, you know, Colby White in and they, they have some value, uh, they give that some value. I would absolutely take Jordan Clark's, so, you know, former sixth man of the year, um, just a walking bucket. Uh, the Bulls need that on their bench. If you look at the Bulls bench, our scoring is just abysmal right now. You've got a, you know, you've got Caruso, you've got Drummond, you've got um, just, you know, guys that are. Good role players, but there's no, there's no real. I mean, Kobe White's supposed to be that guy, our walking bucket, and it just hasn't, you know, happened yet. Just, it's just, it's just not consistent. So, uh, Jordan Clarkson, I wouldn't call him consistent necessarily, but he is not afraid to take a shot. There's never, he never been a shot he didn't like.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he knows his name is Jordan, and he thinks when people <laughs> say Jordan's a goat, they're talking about him. Right. So, okay, so you mentioned the bench. Let's get into my minute projections, and then our season preview. So obviously I've updated this with the recent news of Lonzo Ball being out, so I don't have Lonzo even in here. Mm-hmm. So I have Vucevic at 32 minutes, Patrick Williams at 29, DeRozan at 35, Lavina 34, then I have Desunmu starting a point guard at 30.
0: Checks out I to you? I think, yeah, I think... Um... I do see probably DeMar and Zach having a few less minutes, but okay. yeah, I think the, in general, I think that's right. I think the Bulls will, will want to give DeMar less minutes just because he, he very clearly ran out of gas last season and Zach Levine with the, with the knee issues. Um, I think they'll be closer to like the 32-minute, 31-32-minute mark. So, uh, but other than that, I think, yeah, spot on for sure.
1: Okay. Then I have the six-man, obviously, Caruso at 25 minutes. Drummond 16, so he just takes a 16 that on the bench. Booches on the bench. Mm-hmm. Then I have... Kobe White, I know you said you know if he's going to be in the rotation. I gave him 16 minutes, because I think to start the year, they're at least going to give him the first crack at it. You know, they, I know it was a different regime that drafted him, but you know seventh pick in the draft, it's kind of a sunk cost at this point, but I, I think with Lonzo out, they at least give him the primary ball handler off the bench, but then I do have Drajic at 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final 10 minutes, I'm going to Javante Green.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have a 10-man uh- rotation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Dragic uh, probably gets the minutes over Kobe at this point, honestly, just because of what he brings to the table. I think Kobe will get into the game here and there maybe like, you know, 10 minutes, 12 minute stints here and there. Um, But yeah, I I just don't know if, if uh, I'm going to give Kobe white all those minutes, honestly, not, not, not regularly. I just don't think he's proven it yet um, that, you know, he's a guy that can do that. But no, I mean, I think I think you're you're pretty much spot on with that, and I'm trying to think, you know, because I, I had Javante Green kind of out of the lineup. I think he's another guy that's kind of he might get. Would you have had ten minutes? You said, yeah, yeah. You know what? That might be right because I'm looking right now. I'm just trying to think. Um, I think Dale and Terry is the one that you have left off. That I think you're right. He does start the season without any minutes, but I think as the season progresses. Even he if, if the Bulls are
1: Javante Green and yeah. Kobe White minutes, maybe even some project yeah. minutes. Yep.
0: Yeah, okay. and I think he'll he'll creep up to maybe the 15 to 20 minute. You know, maybe, maybe he ends up like 16, 17 minutes per game or something like that uh, on the season. Oh, on the season, it'll probably be like 14 minutes game. But you know, it, 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 at towards the end of the season, he'll be in that 15 to 20 range because I do think this guy has a lot of skill and he uh, checks a lot of the boxes for the stuff that we need.
1: Yeah, and again, I kind of just gave Javante those minutes because the Bulls just desperately need wings. I mean, I know they usually play smaller with, like, Caruso and Desunmo and Levine and DeRozan all on the court at the same time, but they really either have a lot of guards or a lot of fours. And then, obviously, Bruce yeah. Lucifer- Vision <laughs> Drummond. They don't really have that mid-tier guy. And again, maybe Terry is that guy as a point-forward, ball handler. He doesn't need the ball in his hands, even though he's good with the ball in his hands. So, yeah, may- maybe Terry does become that guy. Derrick Jones Jr., same thing, more of a four. So until Dale and Terry really establish himself in that rotation, I will give Javante Green those minutes, pending a trade, obviously.
0: Yeah, so. I think that's right.
1: Okay, so now that we heard about what we project the Bulls' rotation to be, we're going to talk about the season predictions for the Bulls that Keith and I both have. But first, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rogier, and Mikel Bridges before any other rank list? That's right. It was the Brewski 150, which came out today, by the way, for early access subscribers. So please go get it. You'll dominate your fantasy draft. You'll be ahead of the curve on anybody, especially if you have a draft coming up this week. You would get it before any other subs- any other um subscribers do. You probably turn those huge wins into some cash. So this year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access to it now head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership or draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both those options. Check back daily for more, for more new features and go dominate your leagues again with sports ethos. And that's the Brewski 150. Go subscribe at sportsethos.com. So Keith, do you happen mm-hmm. to know, I probably should look this up before we started. Do you know what the bulls are over and under is in Vegas for win totals?
0: So it was like 44.5, then it fell to 43.5. Ooh, uh, I think
1: I'm taking the under.
0: Yeah, and then now the latest, though, that I've seen is 41.5. But that was before Lonzo's those comments on media day, so I haven't looked at it since then. Uh, it could be as low as 40.5 right now, but um, 41.5 is what we'll say right at the moment. So.
1: so I actually think it went down significantly because of the fact that the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell. Because the Bulls were kind of like that eighth team looking in in the playing game. And then, you know, the Cavs kind of jumped them. So I I think that obviously it has to do with Lonzo's knee as well. But let me see. So futures.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to guess it's at 40.5. If it's 39.5, I'll be a little surprised. I will be a little surprised. (laughs)
1: Okay, It is 42 and a half.
0: Really? It climbed yeah. up. Hmm.
1: And it's even its even money. So,
0: Interesting. Hmm. Okay.
1: So, let me see here. We discussed the Tamian rotation, the minute projections. So, the Bulls, the thing that worries me is that, again, I know I keep complaining to the Sixers, but I am a Sixers season ticket holder, and, you know, I watch them the most. They remind me of last year's Sixers team that they just don't have the depth to really sustain not only an injury, but... The rigors of an 82 to 100 game season, if you include multiple rounds of the playoffs. I, I mean, you have the five the starting five, and then you have Caruso. Other than that, I mean, Drummond has shown he can really be an effective playoff player. Kobe White, we don't even know if he's going to be the rotation. Drajic is 49 years old. And <laughs> after that, with Lonzo out, what else do you have? I mean, that's the thing that worries me, and that's why I think a trade has to be made. That's why I think you aim for a Jordan Clarkson or a TJ McConnell, just somebody else who, sure, they might get eaten alive defensively, but they they can help with the depth issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think depth has been, you know, it was a problem last season. Um, also, you know, when the when the stars were off the floor, uh, you know, our bench really struggled, especially they struggled to score. I mean, I, I don't know their plus minus off the top of my head. But I know it wasn't good. Uh, it was definitely in the bottom third of the league. So, um, you know, bench bench play has been an issue, and they didn't really – I mean, they added Rogers, they added Drummond, they added Dylan Terry. Um, but, you know, again, Lonzo Ball's out now, so, you know, you're shifting people up. I just – I do think that there is a serious depth issue. I think you're correct about that. Um, and I think it – you know, I don't think it matters so much in the playoffs. I think it matters more so, you know – as we saw in the post all-star break, you know, the bulls were sitting in first, you know, around that, around the all-star break happening. And then once the all-star break happened after that, we came back from that, the bulls just had absolutely no energy. And, you know, Zach Ladeen was dealing with an injury. So it was like, they were one injury away from being just a, a really bad team. Uh, and watching those games was like night and day. It was just not, you know, it, it, that's how, how big of an impact that is. So, yeah, I don't, I don't um, disagree that I think that they, need to make a move if they want to stay competitive. I think that they're more in a holding pattern right now. They're going to stop, They're gonna wait and see how the first 15, 20 games of the season go, um, see what this team looks like. And, you know, if they do see something that they like in this team, which I think they might, you know, I think they're banking a lot on Patrick Williams – uh, you know, blossoming into a better player than he has been. If that does happen, then I think, yeah, you we know, might see something like that where they make a trade for a Jordan Clarkson type or, or a TJ McConnell or something along those lines. But um, if it's something where they come out and they're, you know, 5 and 15 to start the season, or, or you know, maybe they're, uh, you know, 10 and 25 or something like that, you know, it's, not, you know, if it's something where we're, we're seeing struggles, I think that there again is a very real uh, possibility. That the Bulls can go out there and move a Vooch, uh, for some, you know, some draft capital maybe, or for somebody that uh, somebody that's younger and more of a project, or you know, move a Demar Rosen to a team that uh, you know where he can actually play for a championship and you know help him fulfill his wishes. So um, I don't think that's out of the question. I think a lot of Bulls fans are kind of in denial about that.
1: That's scary because then all of a sudden, if Zach Levine, he. He sold on them <laughs> being able to win, which is why he re-signed. All of a sudden, you do that, he's going to one out, which maybe that's a good thing at that point. If you trade off to and Vucevic, you probably want to trade the V2 because he's your most valuable asset. But let me see. The Bulls have the Blazers 2023 first top lottery protected, and they have their own 2023 first top four protected, so it's, it's going to go to Orlando unless mm. absolute disaster happens. Mm. Um, so at that point, they have their 24, their 25. They, they. I guess they do have the majority of their own picks. I was trying to get at, they did give up a first for Lonzo, and they gave up a first for Jeruzin and they gave up multiple first for Vucevic. But I guess conceivably, they could tank. It's not ideal, but I mean.
0: I don't see these, them. They're not going to tank for like a win, but it's not going to be something where yeah, they fade. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's not something There's where they trade. too many trading. bad teams. It, it, there's no yeah there's too much competition for that and 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 i think that you're right that you know they do have a obligation to zach levine at this point to you know put something good around him i think it's more so that they'll trade like a piece or two like this maybe not necessarily for a young project or something like that but maybe for you know maybe they trade do like a one for two trade you know they play, trade a vooch for a couple of good role players or something along those lines you know something where they just get a little bit younger um get a little bit different you know just have a different look a different feel about the book i, I just don't think that they're going to They're not static. They're not like totally sold on this group uh, as being like this is our our team for the next three, four years. That's just not in my opinion what the Bulls see this as. They see it as you know, Hey, we had some success last year to start the season. We think that this team has a higher ceiling than other people do. Um, but, you know, we put this together with Lonzo ball being the point guard. So I think that's, you know, a wrench that's been thrown into this whole thing um, that we really need to consider. And if that's going to be the case, you know, Lonzo ball is a big part of that. He's, you know, taking up a good chunk of our, our salary cap and um, he's one of those young guys that, you know, we're hoping to, to have on the team for quite a while. And um It's just a lot of concern around him right now. So I just don't – I don't think that Bulls fans or or anyone in the league should think that the Bulls – I I don't think you should be surprised if the Bulls pull off a a trade, uh, a big trade, to get rid of one of their assets this season.
1: You mentioned trading Vucevic, and I think if they're not going to sound an extension, that's a real possibility just because, you know, he's only shifted, you'll lose him for nothing. So I'm looking at, like, Charlotte, and I'm looking at the Clippers. Charlotte, I think, is going to be a dumpster fire themselves, especially on Miles Bridges. So yeah. I don't know if they'd be in a position to trade for Vucevic. The Clippers, thinking, the Clippers
0: have some nice pieces,
1: though. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, let's go back to Luke Kennard and, like, Norman Powell. You get two wings for <laughs> Vucevic and Kobe White, and then Drummond isn't that f- far off from Vucevic. I don't think unfortunately well i mean you could put drama. i mean it's there's also a downgrade but right. to get two wings and again mm-hmm. i know i sound like a broken record i say the every podcast. wings are the hottest commodity and most valuable mm-hmm. thing in the nba nowadays so if you get two good wings that are under contract for multiple years you do it yeah, I mean, put, aging.
0: yeah putting a lot of your seller cap money into your center unless it's a Nikola Jokic or um you know an evan mobley or something like that a jared allen um it just yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense in the modern nba so i think that's a a problem that the Bulls have right now. I think, it, you know, when they pulled off that trade for Hooch, I know a lot of people are looking back at it saying, uh, well, it's a bad trade for the Bulls. It's easy to look back at trades and, and say that. Um, you know, at the time, um, it was exciting. It, again, I think, you know, I, I don't know – I don't know, but, but I would think that, you know, we have less of a chance of getting someone like Alonzo Ball and a DeVar DeRozan to sign with the Bulls if they don't have Vooch and Levine. If they just have Levine, is it as enticing to come to Chicago? Um, I don't think so, but I don't know that. So, um, But, you know, I think that at the time that it happened, um, it made a lot of sense. It was exciting. Um, you know, Vooch was a perennial all star, um, still has a lot of that skill set. He had a down year last season, but um, just a three level score from the center position, which is pretty unique. Um, but I think, again, if you're spending a lot of salary cap on your center, uh, and it's not Nikola Jokic or, or you know one of those just elite guys. Um, you Not even put like a Miles Turner out there or a Gobert. Um, you know if, if it's not one of those type of players, um, I just don't think it's it's a smart thing to do in today's NBA. So like you said, if he can trade him for a couple of wings that maybe aren't all star level, like you said, you know Norm Powell and Terrence. Uh, I'm not Terrence man. You said uh, uh, Luke Kennard. I like Terrence Mann a lot too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But if you can get a couple of those wings, um, I think that's I think it's a smart trade. It's a decent trade.
1: And then, like, I'm looking at Charlotte. I, I know we just said they're probably not going to do anything, but, like, let's say they want to get off Gordon Hayward's money. Would you do yeah. Bruce Vich and Kobe White to get Gordon Hayward? Who? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean, Gordon Hayward, I know he's he, – imagine him as a glorified six-man where he doesn't have to put 35 minutes a game on his body so maybe he stays healthier. Like, imagine him backing up to Rosen and Levine. Like, ah, that's – all of a sudden, you're cooking with fire then. In my opinion. Yeah,
0: I think it'd be interesting. And I think, you know, if the bulls do have a um, a bad start, it, it is something that's possible. So I think, you know, people can't really discount that. Um, and you can't forget Marcos Simonovic still exists. I mean, this guy is not quite NBA ready according he to a lot of sources, him. but yeah, he looked really, really good in the summer league, looked really good in the G league last season, just had absolutely eye popping numbers. Um, I think the big concern with him is just his, his slow footedness on the defensive end. But Sometimes, I mean, you're, like I said, you're in the NBA. I mean, sometimes you play those not-so-great centers out there um, if you got a team with a DeMar DeRozan and a, a Gordon Hayward and Zach Levine, and you still win games just because of the, your sheer sure uh, ability to score the basketball. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not against them trading Gooch for something like that.
1: So we mentioned the win total, 42-and-a-half. Are you going over or under?
0: I have to go under now, not knowing Lonzo's out. Yeah, it's really sad. For, for me as a Bulls fan, so, to so wh- say that where do,
1: you, where do you have the Bulls in the hierarchy in the East? I mean, do they make the playoffs? They should make the them, only yeah. I had really them nine competitive teams.
0: Yeah, I had them in like the you know six to 10th range. Um, before Blonzo Ball news really broke, uh, now that we know that he's going to miss a good chunk of the season at the very least, I think it's a play in team, you know, um, somewhere in that eight to 10 range, probably like ninth uh eighth or ninth hopefully I think eighth or
1: ninth. hits uh, it pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, I think probably ninth. I, I I've got a lot of people over them. I think you know I, I was saying before I was didn't necessarily have the Cavaliers over them. I didn't necessarily have uh the heat over them. But yeah, I absolutely have those teams over them now.
1: I'm trying to pull up the projections I did to help me with gambling because <laughs> You know, you
0: need
1: um, <laughs> of course so I, I do believe after the Lonzo injury, okay here it is I do believe after the Lonzo injury I have them at nine I mean Atlanta mm-hmm. got DeJounte Murray mm-hmm. Cleveland got Donovan Mitchell, Toronto is probably the most well coached team in the league just about um, yeah I have them, n- I think they're in a tier of their own where I think it's the top eight and then the Bulls and then you have like The Knicks, Wizards, and Pistons all fighting for the tenth spot in the play-in.
0: It's going to be a very competitive conference, I'll tell you that much. But, um, but yeah, I I agree with you, Stephen. Unfortunately,
1: (laughs) well, I would say there's about twenty-one teams who are really like push their chips in and going for it, and the other nine are just like, nope, no way. (laughs) I don't know where you want to put like a Charlotte. But I think mm. I think Charlotte's okay with now with the Miles Bridges situation. Okay, let's let it play itself out. We still have Lamella on a rookie deal. And, you know, if we get one by arm on the process, or we get Scoot Henderson in the process, then great. Like, I think they're okay. I, I think Kenny Atkinson would have done wonders for them, especially with Steve Clifford. I, I don't, I'm i not a big Clifford fan at all. He's playing Mark Williams, who they just took in the first round with the Exhibit 10 guys, with the fourth, fourth string guys of <laughs> training camp. I saw that, yeah. So... I don't know, but the bulls are one of those 21 teams that are really, you know, going for, I, I put the Knicks in the category going for it. just yeah, because yeah, of they, moves they made. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think the bulls, the Knicks, I think those like the nine and 10 and then you have like the Hawks, Raptors calves in some order, unless the nets implode, that's always a possibility. Then the bulls could jump them. But
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, obviously, I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included, had the Lakers going to the championship last season. And uh, look how that, you know, look how that went. went. Um, you know, it, it's just – there. there's a lot of question marks in the league, obviously, and a lot of things can happen, but uh, I can't sit here and say that I feel confident in the level of talent that the Bulls have on the roster at the moment and the, and, and the fit of this roster. I can't sit here and say that just based on what we saw uh, in the second half of, of last season and in the playoffs. You know, it just was a, an implosion that was not fun to watch. It was just, you know, the team – either the other teams that were playing us figured figured us out or it was just the Lonzo Ball injury just took away everything and the Patrick Williams injury just took away everything that we, um, you know, had built and, and could do. So um, if it was the latter and if it was just the Patrick Williams and Lonzo Ball injuries, then, you know, there's some hope there because then then uh, we can just kind of replace those guys or find some you know some ways to replace them and, and be okay. But I, I lean more towards the fact that the Bulls just don't, have the right talent, uh, the right talent mix um, to be a top playoff team.
1: I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they have a negative point differential last year?
0: Yeah, so I believe so. Yeah,
1: playoff team. Yeah,
0: yeah, because when they lost, they lost big, <laughs> so so that didn't uh, that didn't help matters. It was there were some games that just were really tough to watch. Um, so yeah, it, I don't I don't think it's a consistency thing. I think it was more of like a matchup thing. Again, I think it's just. Just the 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 diversity of the talent on the team because you've got Zach Levine and Demar Derozan occupy very much the same space. Vucevic, if you really want to maximize him on the floor, he would be more of a, like an alpha dog, like a like a Vuce or like a yeah, Demar or a Zach Levine. So having those three out there together, um, it always kind of made me head scratch a little bit. I was higher on the Bulls this season than most people, and it you know paid, paid out for me. It was it, it worked well. Um, but I think that a lot of the other teams have figured out uh, how to play us. And I just, I just don't, I don't see it going well this season.
1: I mean, yeah, they we're, we're talking about them all negatively. They won 46 games last year. And if anything, I know Lonzo's hurt, but they've improved overall. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't really lose anything. And they brought in Drummond, Drogic, Daylon Terry. So I don't know. May, maybe we're wrong and maybe there is something to be excited about. I just think the issue is that other teams around them, especially in the East –
0: got significantly
1: better. better. And And then teams in the West, like Kawhi Leonard's back, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are back. So it's like...
0: I don't want to be like a, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or whatever, but... uh If Bulls fans out there want to have something to hang our hats on, I think what you can hang your hat on is that Zach Levine played with fluid on his knee for at least half of the second half of last season. And he was not the same like Zach Levine that we we knew and loved, obviously. Um, He had a lot of difficulty finishing at the rim, uh, had difficulty exploding. So um, he's going to be a new and improved Zach Levine as long as his knee is healthy this season. So I think you can hang your hat on that. I think you can hang your hat on Vooch having a better season than last season. Last season was one of those outlier seasons where he just shot the ball terribly and, you know, watching these games, he's getting open shots. He's the movements there, you know, the, the, Basketball IQs there. He's getting to his spots, and it's just just the ball was just not falling. So I think he has a better season than he had last season, uh, particularly shooting it from the field. And uh, you know Patrick Williams, that's the other one. So if you want to hang your hat, there's there's three or three points where they could be better. If Patrick Williams actually turns into this guy that we all think he can be, where he's you know efficient scorer, a defensive guy that can you know stick with you people of perimeter and and protect the rim, uh, and he's a guy that. You know, uh, it just has athleticism that, that that puts him, you know, above other players in the NBA. Um, I think those three things, if those all break right for the Bulls, they can be an, a forty-six win team again this season. They can be, you know, maybe a, a six, fifth, sixth seed in the East. So, you know, I think the ceiling again is higher than a lot of people give them credit for. But I think the floor at this point with Lon- the Lonzo Ball news is probably lower than we were thinking before.
1: Yeah. So again. I think I brought you on at a good time because of, you know, the fact that the Alonzo ball news just came out as recently as yesterday.
0: Yeah.
1: So Keith, anything you want to plug before we sign off?
0: <laughs> no, just, just go check out ethos bulls. Um, you know, it's at ethos bulls on Twitter and uh, do follow me on at BSBP Keith on Twitter. And I'm pretty much posting about fantasy basketball at this time. Cause I'm in like 85 different <laughs> drafts, but uh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, follow me there. And, and uh, there's, there's definitely bulls content there when the season starts.
1: Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at BirdRatesPod. And obviously, if you're listening, you know where to find me. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This is a Sports Ethos production. Go buy the Brewski 150 to get the competitive advantage over your fancy basketball league when you some money. I'm not condoning gambling at all, but <laughs> okay. We will talk to you guys next episode, and thanks for listening.